So this is the fourth Sunday of Advent. We have used this season as a reminder to us that we human beings in the world we live in have a wonderful way of making Christmas way too complicated. We get ourselves busy with buying gifts and planning parties and running here and running there. I, I can't tell you how many of you have said to me, oh, I'm so busy. So the point, the point of this series, Simply Christmas, is to remind us that it really can be simple. That those words we heard that we find from the prophet Isaiah, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, is a simple message. A message of a child that came years after that was written. It came to us not in a wonderful, incredible palace, tended by midwives, but he came to us very simply. Born in a stable, attended only by his father and mother and the animals, and visited by shepherds who weren't exactly society's most loved beings. He came to us simply. He was simply born. And then last week, a message that every single person who's called to be a disciple and therefore an evangelist needs to hear is Christ came for every single person on this planet. The message we are to share is simply for everyone. So today we turn to the fourth Sunday of Advent and we're going to look to those three wise men called the Magi in the Bible. And we're going to look to the lessons that they have to teach us about being thankful for this great gift of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to read to you a passage from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, selected verses. This is what it says to us about how the wise men came to visit Jesus. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. You know, the Magi didn't know what we know today. They didn't know the details of how that child would grow to be an adult who would preach on the shores of the Galilee, who would go to the cross to be a sacrifice for all of us. And yet somehow, God, by his grace, instilled in them an understanding that when they met this little child, their response should be joyful and filled with gratitude. Simply, they simply understood that God 
the king of kings had been revealed to them, that they had been chosen as outsiders. They weren't Jews. They were pagans. They were astronomers. They were early scientists, if you will. They were not the insiders in Jewish culture or Jewish faith. And yet God revealed to them through the star a path for them to behold this child who was the king of kings. And their response was to be grateful. And they demonstrated their gratitude in a number of ways. They demonstrated their gratitude by worshiping. No, they didn't recite liturgies that they had memorized or prayers that they learned as a child. They didn't insist on singing only the songs they liked. They worshiped the Christ child and it was an outflowing of thankfulness for what had been revealed to them. And we're called to do no less today. And then they gave that child gifts that had real physical value even in the secular world, if you will, back in biblical times. We know from the story that shortly after the Magi left Jesus, Joseph was warned to take Mary and Jesus and escape to Egypt. Jesus was a refugee child. And don't you think that maybe, just maybe, that gold and that valuable frankincense and myrrh was what allowed that family to get a footing in Egypt where they were foreigners? It gave Joseph a means to put food on the table and a roof over his family's head until he could find clients to ply his craft as a carpenter. So those gifts that were given by the Magi then... We can think of them like the gifts that we give to God's church today. They furthered God's purpose. Then, those gifts furthered God's purpose of having Jesus grow up to become a man who would let the world know that he was the way and the truth and the life. So those gifts made a difference, just like yours do today. But the really amazing thing, the really amazing thing that the Magi did, was when they defied the earthly powers. King Herod, someone who had it within his power to have them killed if he felt like it. He had instructed them, as I read to you in the scripture, to return to him. He lied to them and said he wanted to go and worship the child himself, but he really wanted to know where Jesus was so he could have him killed. But the Magi got word through a dream that they should go home another way. And they did. So Herod was never able to pinpoint exactly where Jesus was, and the family did indeed escape to Egypt. But this idea of turning a new way, it's really important to us as Christians living today in the year 2021. There is a a Greek word or a Hebrew word, word, I don't know which, I didn't study the language, but it has to do with repenting. And that word, that word can be translated in turning in a new direction. They turned in a new direction. They obeyed God. They followed a new path, a path that had been given to them by the Lord. They chose obedience. And in so doing, 
they aided and abetted thwarting Herod's scheme, and they helped the family escape. So they worshiped, they gave gifts of value, but they also had changed hearts. They obeyed God rather than the earthly king. Something that we also need to remember to do today. You know, it's 2021. God still wants the same kind of response from us, a response of thankfulness. If we look at the scriptures, we can go back to the Old Testament and the Psalms and over and over again. We're instructed to give thanks. Perhaps the most famous piece of scripture about being thankful is Psalm 100. It goes like this, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. This expression of gratitude and thankfulness toward God came before Jesus came to us, God in the flesh, Emmanuel. If people then understood that they needed to demonstrate thankfulness to God, should we not do the same thing now, thousands of years later, understanding the rest of the story that they didn't even have of the coming of the Christ child, the journey to the cross, the resurrection? We should be thankful exactly as instructed in this psalm. But the New Testament is also filled with instruction to us, and much of it came from the Apostle Paul, for whom our church was named. He planted lots of churches. He traveled around from church to church, and once he was in jail, he continued to write and instruct those churches, and he gives example after example of instruction that involves telling the people to always be thankful. A few examples from 1 Thessalonians. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And Paul was an apostle who practiced what he preached. He wrote some of these letters in the worst imaginable circumstances. And yet his gratitude and his thankfulness came shining through these writings again and again. In another letter, a letter he wrote to the church at Ephesus, he said, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we've been doing here, singing. Our praise band stands before you and they sing. They sing God's praises and you join in. And I almost burst out laughing when we hit the, the little portion of one of the songs that talk about having a lion in your lungs to sing out. Well, some of you, like me, might not have been blessed with a lion in your lungs. You might have been blessed with a frog in your throat. 
but I'm here to tell you that when you croak out joyfully to God, God's okay with that. Just don't be on a mic when you do it, okay? God wants to hear our praises, and that's what we do with all kinds of music in all kinds of styles. And then there's a passage in Colossians that I just love because it really gets to the heart of what it means to be a person whose heart is filled with gratitude. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul tells us again and again, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. So what are we thankful for this Christmas? I've talked to many of you. I know you're very thankful that you're able to get together with family this year. Maybe you weren't able to do that last year. I know you're thankful for the good food that you're going to share around the table on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve. I know that some of you take joy in cooking that food. It's a joyful and fun thing in preparation of serving your families. Who among us doesn't enjoy opening a gift? You guys like opening gifts? Yeah, yeah, I see the little heads wagging over there. Yes, of course we do. We like to open gifts. And it's good to be thankful for all those things. But that really isn't the point of the season. In the season, what we're really to be grateful for is that God chose to come to us. There's a song that I really love. Um, It has some lyrics in it that go like this. From heaven high to manger low, there is no distance, the prince of peace won't go. From manger low to Calvary's hill, when your pain runs deep, his love runs deeper still. It reminds us that God chose to come from heaven on high as a helpless baby to grow into a man who would teach us and provide the way and the truth for us, that we could be reconciled to his Father. That's what we're supposed to be grateful for this season. And it's fine to be grateful for all the other stuff too, but not when trying to achieve all that other stuff, the shopping, the presents, the this, the that, if it detracts from our thankfulness for the Christ who came to us, born in that lowly manger. You know, one of the things I've learned about gratitude the last few years is it's a choice. It really is. I mean, I can look around my condo and say, oh, my condo is filthy and I need to do my house cleaning. Or I could look around my condo and say, wow, I'm really thankful to have this place to live. I can rush around all busy buying gifts, cooking food and doing all that, and say, oh, I'm too busy, too busy. Or I can say, wow, I have people I love to buy gifts for, and people I love for whom I can cook. You see, it's, it's a choice we make. 
It's a choice we make every day. And sometimes we struggle with that, with making that choice. And when I struggle with that, I pull out this little gem of a book. It's called The Greatest Gift. It was written by a woman named Ann Voskamp. I discovered her in the fall of 2019 when I wasn't doing a very good job at being grateful. She has another book that's all about gratitude, and she instructs in that book um, how if we sit down and physically write in a journal every day the things we're grateful for, that suddenly there won't be room in our character, our demeanor, and our attitude for bitterness or sorrow or anger or regret. Because when you're grateful, you simply can't feel that stuff. And then she wrote this follow-on book called The Greatest Gift, Unwrapping the Full Love Story of Christmas. And she describes the gift of Christmas in language that's far more eloquent than anything I could ever write. And so I'd like to share it with you this morning. She's writing of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day when she writes this. This day, this night, the light comes, and whose heart is enkindled by this love that's a wildfire? The shepherds got angels, were lit by the angels. Everyone else that night got shepherds. Heard the news from kindled, heart-burning shepherds who went and told everyone. When your heart burns, you're a flaming match for other hearts. When you're a manger tramp who came with nothing but your ragged heart and leaned in close over that crush, when you've beheld his glory, the white heat of a love like this, who doesn't tramp out of the manger and into the world with a heart glowing like hot embers in your chest? A heart like this could catch the world on fire. Christ came into the world for you, and you came into the world for him. The world will be still tonight. There will be lingering, longing. We will long for this wonder to all go on. One Christmas candle will flame in the quiet. This cannot fade. None of this can ever fade. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. God is with us. Emmanuel. God stays with us. The Christmas candle burns hot. Gives its light. Gives its light. And the world lights up. And Christmas goes on forever now. Christ, the always gift for all our days. This, then, is the reason for the season. The cause for our thankful response. A thankful response that includes our heartfelt worship. Our giving of gifts, including gifts to the church as we serve the community. Our generosity is an outflowing of our gratitude. And in our, by our generosity, we set an example for others who live in a very selfish world. We give God our service, our tithes, our praise. Friends, this Christmas season, enjoy the trees and the lights. Enjoy the gifts and the meals. Enjoy the rekindled relationships. But remember in all things, the point of it is for you and for me to walk out of this place like the manger tramps that I read about. 
with hearts on fire that can light other hearts on fire when we choose to do a few very simple things. First, we share the simple message that the Christ child came so that we can be redeemed. We share the simple message of his birth and the circumstances so we remind the world that God cares about the vulnerable and the helpless and those who need a hand up. And we share the message with everyone, not with an exclusive club of insiders, but with every single person we meet, including the person we like the least. If we do this, we will be thankful simply thankful and that's all the season ought to be about let's pray God there's a lot that distracts us in this world even in a season like Advent and the coming of Christmas but in our hearts we know that you come to us in the flesh are the reason for this season and God we promise this morning as we bow before you, that we do indeed worship you with gladness. We come into your courts with praise and song. We will walk from this place today and share the good news of the real reason for the season with everybody we meet, God, whether they look like us or they don't, whether they're an insider or an outsider, whether they're rich or poor or smart or not so smart, we don't care, God. We'll share that word with everyone and if we forget to do that prod us please your holy spirit inspires us to do what we're called to do above all things god receive our worship today no knowing that it comes from hearts filled with simple thanks for the gift of the christ child in whose name we pray amen